This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Because if you can't sell, you can't sell out. Uh, so, I mean, if there if there was a restriction of uh, 25% uh, capacity, I'd count that as a sellout. If it was 50% sellout, because we'd do that, we'd fill that. But uh, no fans, or very few, uh, primarily players, parents, their family members, and, and maybe just a handful of friends. The coaches' families were still were still working all of that. This is going. This is going to be an asterisk year that uh, the sellout streak just settles where it is, and we pick up again next year when hopefully we're back in full swing. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Lots of questions about the sellout streak, and it will basically just be on pause because they can't sell anything this year, and um, that will pick back up again in 2021, according to Nebraska Athletic Director Bill Moose. But it is time, guys, for the mailbag. Um, starting off here, lots of questions. First one out of the gates, is anything going on right now? It just doesn't feel like anything is happening. And he makes a great point um, with that question because things have been just kind of locked down as far as letting the public in. And we're so used to preseason August being just constant Kool-Aid hype. And this obviously is going to be about the least hyped preseason we've seen on top of the schedule now that faces Nebraska, but they are practicing up to 20 hours per week. They can't put full pads on, though, until September 30th, which is when the Big Ten is supposed to have their testing program in place uh, with the antigen and all the things that they can do for the daily COVID rapid testing. Now, I can tell you, Robin, Nate, Nebraska's already been conducting daily rapid COVID testing for almost a week now. Um, so they're kind of getting their sea legs underneath them just so they know the protocol when it happens. And then when the Big Ten comes in, uh, they'll have a better feel for that. Yeah, so as far as you know, the, the hype and all that, we don't even know when the next time we'll actually be able to speak with Scott Frost or Zoom. Any, any players. Yeah, and what the, what's going to look like. I'm sure it's going to be uh, just some sort of Zoom session and how many we get between now and, and game one. You know, we'll see. Like, we don't know anything at this point. So, uh, I guess for all those people that get mad about the glowing reports coming out of fall camp <laughs> and talking about how great the team is, you're not going to get those this year because uh, we're probably not going to have very much to, to write about until that first game. Yeah, if Nebraska loses or next time Nebraska loses, it's not going to be our don't fault. Don't blame us. You media hyped, hyped these <laughs> you guys You misled up. us. Yeah, you, you lied to us. No, I mean, it, not only is it the media, you know, we're not able to, to go to post-practice or see any part of practice, but, I mean, there's no one going to practice. They're not letting anybody in because they don't want to bring some outsider, you know, or let someone, some random person into practice and then possibly infect, you know, people. So, I mean, usually there's some sort of word or rumors trickling out from people that have been there, and you're not getting that this year. So, um, you know, and then on the recruiting front, I mean, they, they went on a, a string where they landed, you know, several commits in, in the span of about four weeks. Uh, but now they're getting to the point where things, you know, numbers are, down. Yeah, numbers are tightening up and, and things are slowing down. And and honestly, a lot of their prospects that they're that they're still in on right now are, are kids that have never visited. And so, um, you know, I don't know if they're necessarily in a rush to, to make a decision right now. And the big unknown remains what the roster size can be. 2021 2022 literally the NCAA has given no guidance to programs and I mean what do you I mean this is not a mailback question but it will be interesting guys everyone's going to play now so why would you keep eligibility another year if you're going to play 10 games this year in Nebraska's case you can play nine games plus a bowl game why would any senior come back 
I mean, what would, I, I just don't – when I'm looking at it now, it's like, okay, everybody should just advance their eligibility on here if you're going to play in 10 games. Yeah, and I guess then the next question becomes, you know, the, the redshirt rule. I mean, is that just going to be obsolete at this point? Yeah, right now there is no yeah. redshirt rule. So, yeah, I, I mean, that's a, a heck of an advantage for the guy that, you know, just wants to play six years of college football, I guess. If you get to get this year <laughs> back and still play, you know, nine, ten games, uh, I mean, that's a pretty darn good deal. Like yeah. Deontay Williams, he could get another year back. He could have the longest career for a junior college so transfer. He's a senior. Time. He's a senior. <laughs> yeah. Then he can get a six year of eligibility still. So he'll get this year again twice, and then he can get another year. So he so could be he a could, seven year player in he college. He could have three more seasons. Nebraska's Chris Winkie. Seriously. Yeah. He's like twenty four right now. Yeah. I mean, but and and honestly, I mean, <laughs> if if you're Deontay Williams, you probably I mean, depending on how this year goes, or, or even you're next out year. of here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, who knows? I mean, there's there comes a point where you are going to see start to see diminishing returns on you know on you know I guess how much tread you have left on the tires and everything. Exactly. So, and he's had major injuries, two yeah. of them. All right, next question: Will what will it look like on the road? Will teams stay overnight? What I can tell you on that right now is they don't know. Um, they. I think they're probably operating as if they are going to stay the night, but the Big Ten hasn't really set. And I don't understand how they could like tell you that. If you're going to play an 11 a.m. game in Columbus, which would be noon out there, I mean, Nebraska would literally have to get on a plane at like 6 in the morning to get there. Get, I mean, you would be at a significant disadvantage. Oh, yeah. I can only remember one time where the road team flew in on that day, and it was Missouri and Gary Pinkle. They had some kind of mechanical problems with the plane in Bill Callahan's second year in 05, I believe. Mm-hmm. It was 04 or 05. Might have been 04, Nate. Brad Smith was still there, though. And Nebraska beat the tar out of them because Missouri just wasn't even ready to go because they, they had to fly in for an early morning 11.30 Fox Sports Network kick. I even remember it was 11.30 because Fox Sports Network played 11.30s back then. But um, other things I don't remember, don't ask me. But. So, yeah, I would imagine that it would depend on uh, the location and the amount of travel and the kickoff time. A night game I could see. Yeah, I mean, like if you're playing Iowa at a 7 o'clock kick, you can drive up that day. I mean, I think it's about trying to find ways to reduce the amount of time your team is exposed to outside forces beyond your control, like hotels, like team buses and all that stuff. So, I mean, I think that if it's doable, yeah, they can reduce travel and find ways to warm. Not for an 11 a.m. game. Yeah, though. but, no, but, but no going way. to, you know, wherever, Rutgers or Penn State or any of those other, like, halfway across the country games and expect them to not stay overnight, that's, I mean, physically impossible. Yeah, and, and if I were the team, I, I would flat out refuse to do that because yeah. that is a inherent disadvantage if you're going to have to talk about player safety yeah yeah and player safety i mean there's no way i would allow my team to to do that um so i i don't think that we'll see that i know that was talked about or whatever but i'd be really really surprised if that were a thing recruiting question nate is there anything at all with avante dickerson is he still fully committed to minnesota i i will say there's something there's something going on there um and i've talked with a couple different people now about it and uh you know I, I think that he's to the point where he's wondering if he made the right decision or or just wants to just wants to make sure he made the right decision and and i think that 
that he has reinitiated some contact between uh, you know he and Nebraska and and I think he's listening to things but I know for a fact when he committed to Minnesota Nebraska basically said hey you know what good luck um, if something changes let us know and and I think that he has kind of let Nebraska know so we'll see what happens but I'm not. I'm not saying to expect a decommitment from Minnesota and a flip to Nebraska, but I'm also saying to not be completely surprised if it happened at some point. <laughs> I won't use the word on this one. Um, the the question asker used, but is Pat Forty a bad person? <laughs> There's another word <laughs> used. Yeah. Place. I think he's a little unreasonable and unfair towards Nebraska, um, and I think. Nebraska kind of brings it upon themselves, just the way the fans attack and go after guys like that. And I'm sure he gets a lot of clicks on on these articles he's been writing. And, you know, it's it's a win-win for him. And he doesn't have to be around here every day like we do. So he can get away with writing some of those things. I mean, he said, take your tractors and get on the dirt roads and get the hell out of here. I mean, I, I could never write that. Yeah. I mean, he's one of those guys that just fallen victim to today's hot take, you know, drive by media, say wild stuff, you know, the skip Bayless, Stephen A. Smith, that sort of thing where you can say literally anything you want, even if it's like really like terrible things and you don't even have to apologize for it anymore. And so he's kind of found this niche where, He's the guy that just goes around and triggers fan bases. And Nebraska is a very easily triggerable fan base that will respond in flurries to everything that he says. And so uh, I'm sure that his bosses are saying, hey, why don't you throw another jab in Nebraska real quick? Let's get some clicks. Yeah, Pat Forty's laughing all the way to the clickbait bank because <laughs> every – I mean, he's got to love it because he can say something ridiculous about Nebraska in the Hall of Husker Nation, rightfully so. I mean, I, I totally get it. But he can say that, and the entire fan base gets all up in arms, and they're going to be, you know, interacting with him and clicking on his stories and everything. And he's he's, he's got to love it. So, but do I like him? No. No. Do I agree with anything that he has to say, especially lately? Absolutely. Well, not. now no. on the flip side, his son Mitchell is a colleague of ours at Rivals. Yeah. He works on the Missouri side, and I like Mitchell. Great, great guy. We've yeah. spent I've spent time with him multiple times, and get along great with Mitch and he does great work for Gabe Diarman there at Missouri at Power Mizzou. He was a swimmer there before um, graduating from their J school. But all right, when we come back, we're going to continue the recruiting discussion with Nate. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show.